Hey everybody, the fishing is done. We're back in the studio, but we're still on the same topic. Welcome back to Kingdom Speak with Pastor Daniel McKillop. Fish and chips for lunch today. <laughs> I think we're just having chips by the sounds of things. Yeah, yeah the best part of that story is you didn't bring fish any tails. fish home. How many, so, fish tails. Yeah, so Pastor McKillop, how many... Um, you already how know many, the answer to this. No, no, you? tell our listeners, how many fish did you bring home with you? Let's stop and count uh, them up we here. We had a cooler. About this it was big. a big cooler. It Pastor McKillop, please answer was the question. Five <laughs> out of eight tags we had five um and how many were on you, the no, trip no, you so asked how one, many two. we brought home okay let's try it one way. cooler I, pastor mckillop how many tags do you have left over let from me your trip? circle back <laughs> what is that jen what's her name Saki. what is it jen Saki. jen Saki. Mm-hmm. let me circle back to oh you my goodness you guys and you still have I'm not answered tag the question. Soup. Tag soup. <laughs> <laughs> one cooler, one wet Kingdom Speak backpack that got thrown into the river, yeah. live on video. Yeah. Yeah, it's good to be home. Hey, we had a great trip. Oh, how was your trip? Man. Did we ever have a time? <clears throat> Man. Wow. There was a giant fish sitting right here. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't even come for the bait. The last bit of analytic research I have done shows me that the most recent Gone Fishing episode has performed at half the rate That's right. of the original. I'll just throw that out there. We're currently trying to figure out why. Why do you think it would not be performing as well? Yeah, what's the biggest difference what is between the, the biggest two? Difference? Yeah. The biggest difference is that the analytics you're using is one year for the first one and one week for the second <laughs> no, one. No, yeah. That's mm-hmm. the biggest mm-hmm. difference. Mm-hmm. He's coming out strong now, boys. Yeah. Just yeah. a small 51-week difference. Those are just numbers. Those are just numbers you're That's throwing exactly. right now. They're just numbers. <laughs> All right, so this one's pretty good. Somebody put some work into this review. <clears throat> Potent, powerful, and profound. Okay. Following the suggestion... The three Ps of Kingdom Speak. ...of one of my best friends... I am a relatively new Kingdom Speaker, all right? Well, thank you. Welcome to the show. We've been here for about three years. All I can say is, wow. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. We can say that, too. Come on. My favorite episodes include the series with Bishop Booker, obviously, and the interview with Brother Darren Sargent. Ah. So, hey, this guy's doing his homework. Good stuff. But that series on the Godhead with Bishop Odom, and they got the fire and the... The brain's all scrambled. Um, some of the most powerful insight on the subject that I've ever heard in my 25 years living for God. One episode or series that I would love to see would be a conversation with evangelist A.J. Holloway. His insight on the scripture through his knowledge of the Greek and Hebrew languages provides a profound understanding that listeners would love. Plus, I feel the combination of he and pastor would be one that kingdom speakers would love to hear from again and again. And that's from Logan Stovall Willis in Texas. Stovall Willis. Can you say that faster? Also, the Apple podcast ID says Logo Astros. Logo Astros. Logo Astros. So let's say amen to Logo uh, as he 
tunes into Kingdom Speak finally after three years. Can I get a amen? Amen. Can I get a hallelujah? Hallelujah. So yeah. How about Darren Sargent? Someone was asking, yeah, that was great. Someone was asking in one of the comments I've seen this week about the shout music. Do you still have that? Uh, no. What? Uh, maybe this one. Just hang on. I'm going to see if the band's still playing. I, they shut down a few years ago. Yeah. No, that's it. Yeah, there it is. They're wanting to know where we got that. Where is that from? Oh, you know? man. Copyright? Uh, that was me and Derek in our garage. Yeah. Band. Garage. Randy and I were, uh, we were sitting around one night and we was like, hey, let's go lay down some chops in the garage. We just, uh. That's me on the organ. You didn't know, did you? No, I didn't actually. Mm-hmm. It's Derek on the drums. Pretty good. It's yeah. pretty good. It's bad. pretty good stuff. Yeah. I mean, for us to release where we got <clears throat> that would be proprietary information, <laughs> trade secrets that only the best podcasters in the world know about. Yeah. A good try trying to get us to reveal our sources for our <laughs> premium content. Sneak, good sneak try. Was that the guys from the convo trying to get our stuff? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they um, don't know how to lay down chops. Yeah, they're, exactly. they're, looking, they're looking for some. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't have said that, but that was funny. Uh, <clears throat> that was funny. Yes. But really, you did make it back. And, I did. Um, I did. Without even knowing what we were doing for show prep, I'm walking in this morning thinking, we're just going to talk more about what we've been talking about. Don't you think? Yeah, that's. it's been... Uh, we we didn't really start this out to be a series, but it's kind of yeah, kind of taking its own wings here, its own direction. Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, it's been a topic that um, for sure the audience has loved. Mm. Right? They um, and naturally we have loved. It's a great great discussion. We've been talking about the tabernacle. We've been talking about the direction of the tabernacle. Right. So the overall yeah. orientation mm-hmm. of the tabernacle mm-hmm. facing the east. Mm-hmm. Now we got people sending us scriptures and stuff about this kind of thing. Yeah, it is. We're catching gonna actually on. Use, catching on. I'm going to use one of those um, a, a little bit later. I love it when our listeners chime in. That's great. Um. So, in a brief recap, that mm-hmm. the the whole thing started over Solomon's prayer right. when he right. in particular requested that God mm-hmm. would keep his eyes toward mm-hmm. the house that he had built. That's right. And that when the people of God, regardless of where they found themselves, yep. if they weren't near... Jerusalem mm-hmm. or the house that he had built, that they could just look towards Toward it, it. Yeah. And that God would hear. So we see examples of this throughout Israel's history, sadly, when they're when they're drug into captivity. Yeah. And and we we can see this in the story of Daniel mm-hmm. being captive in Babylon, but praying yeah. towards Jerusalem. How does he even do that? How does he orient mm. towards? Yeah. Mm. <clears throat> but, you know, mm. to, to this day, you still see it. 
Yeah, you do. Yeah. You still see it. Yeah. So it's an easterly orientation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you've traveled at all, especially if you travel through Newark, you're mm-hmm. gonna you're gonna see uh, Orthodox Jews. Yeah. And 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 they're gonna be praying. And when they are, they're 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 facing hmm. a particular direction. So we understand that the the application for us is is so much more than facing right geographical right. positioning. Mm-hmm. But the orientation of the apostolic church does need to be easterly. And there's reasons for that. And you can go back without us expounding on all of them today in a recap, but the primary reason is number one, Eden is our ideal. Pre-fall mm-hmm. Eden that was through the process of its creation divinely stamped and approved as good every day. Mm-hmm. Every day. Mm-hmm. You can't improve on that. Right. So it has the ideals. It has the ideals um, for the whole system, for separation, for boundaries. Mm-hmm for fruitfulness, for productivity, for responsibility, for dressing, for keeping, for expanding, for multiplication, one river, river in, four rivers out. The, yeah. the, the, there, there's just there's a ton of stuff in there that, that the church needs to remain oriented mm-hmm. so that she operates in accordance with the ideals. Right. We must not allow... The fallenness of humanity and of society, mm-hmm. and, and and the curse even affected Earth itself, to change our ideals on what we operate yep. with. Mm. Okay, and so clearly it goes without saying, but needs to be said that the ideals that that govern the church are entirely different. I don't even know if the world has ideals now, but. <laughs> if you can say that they do, they shan't be the same. Right. 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 We we're not we're not we're not walking the same direction. There's the word again. So if if two people, and and, and we we spent quite a bit of time with this, <clears throat> talking about the ideals. You know, what, I'll come back to that in a moment. But but first of all, that orientation towards the east, mm. and then we spent time talking about if you leave God. That's right. You travel east. Once again, the message Bishop Booker preached about East of Eden is just bombshell material as it relates to this. But Cain went out from the presence of God east. East. Yeah. East of Eden. So to, to depart from God is to travel east. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Okay? Yeah. So part of that orientation of the tabernacle was that when someone travels east in order to come back to God, they travel west naturally. That's mm-hmm. what repentance is. Mm-hmm. It is turning around. So when that individual, the Cain, the yep. prodigal, yep. turns and begins traveling west, we want him to see an access point yeah. into a properly oriented redemptive system. We're not trying to trick them. We don't want them to approach the church <clears throat> as they're coming back, yeah. wondering where the door is, <laughs> if they can get in, if they'll be permitted. The church needs to be oriented 
so that it's receptive to an individual that's on their way back to God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so all that was great stuff. Uh, and then we talked about, we kind of drilled down within that church discussion to orientation within the church. Right, so right. that was that was the next step. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So one, once you have it properly oriented within its greater world, yeah. then within it, and that's what we spent quite a bit of time last week talking about, mm-hmm. was even the instrumentation within the tabernacle was specifically positioned, this to the south, that to the north, this by the veil, mm-hmm. right? The altar was the first thing that you that you meet. When you're coming in, yep. Right. Mm-hmm. And so once again, when you come into that system, yep. you come in from the east, and the farther west you travel the closer to God you get. Mm -hmm. Culminating in an experience of the glory of God in the holiest of holies. Yeah. Okay? That's one-on-one. When you first come in, it's crowded. Everybody's there. But the farther Mm -hmm. you get into it, Mm -hmm. it it reduces it down and strips it away to being a one-on-one experience. Mm -hmm. And when you get as far west in that system as you can get, it's you and God yep. and nobody else. Nobody else. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. now we have we have a system that has direction in it. So we begin to talk about last week, and really we could go another week on just that, mm-hmm. the importance of direction in church. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. We need direction in church. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need to be some haphazard, mm-hmm. um, loosely knit you can be both spontaneous and orderly, mm-hmm. and, and and that that is a that that is the balance of Pentecost. Mm-hmm. Yes, well said, well said. Okay, so you don't come to a pulpit without notes, but you're willing to preach beyond them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you mm-hmm. don't come to a pulpit without a song set, mm-hmm. but you never let the song set govern what you sing. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it, it you need direction and spontaneity. Yeah, that's part of Pentecost. Pentecost was that they waited until the fullness of time mm-hmm. had come, mm-hmm. and then suddenly. Mm-hmm. There is both waiting and suddenly mm-hmm. that is associated with Pentecost. Overemphasis on either one makes you miss right. the full continuity and scope right. of God manifesting himself in right. that dimension. Right. So on that platform, I think we've got one more, uh, one more angle to take on this, mm-hmm. and... It is the people okay. within the system. Mm-hmm. Okay? So we've talked about the orientation of the system within the world. We've talked about mm-hmm. the orientation of the instruments within that system that is oriented within the world properly, right? east to west. Mm-hmm. And now, now we've got to talk about those men, mm-hmm. humanity. Mm-hmm within that system. So we might get practical is what you're saying. We might get practical. Yeah, we will. No, oh, actually, I, I can take care of the might. Um, it will get practical. <laughs> uh, okay? And in order to really talk about this and, and do it justice, part of this discussion 
we were extrapolating it from a from a passage in Ezekiel again, mm-hmm. where the glory of God is leaving hmm. the temple. So putting this in context, the glory is going east. Well, let's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Without even reading the scripture. Yeah. All right. Eight. Ezekiel chapter chapter 8. Yep, verse 1. And it came to pass in the sixth year, in the sixth month, in the fifth day of the month, as I sat in mine house, and the elders of Judah sat before me, that the hand of the Lord God fell there upon me. Okay, this is is a a, a neat little um, bit of insight that I never noticed quite before. Number one, because we're going to be coming back to this in a moment, he is literally, physically in a room with the elders of Judah when mm-hmm. this happens. Mm-hmm. Okay? Don't let that be lost on you. Number two, whenever you have a manifestation and God expressly interacts with you, he, his hand was mm-hmm. upon me. That, that all speaks of manifestation. Okay? All right. You remember it, and you know exactly when it happened. It happened in the sixth year, and it was the sixth month of the year and it was the fifth day of the month, mm-hmm. okay? This isn't some abstract encounter that he thinks that he might have had with God. This is not some fatalistic attempt to make a fleeting ember a burning bush experience. Ezekiel knows what happened at this moment, and he knows when the moment was. Hmm. Okay? Verse 2. Then I beheld, and lo, a likeness as the appearance of fire... From the appearance of his loins even downward, fire. Mm-hmm. And from his loins even upward, as the appearance of brightness, as yes. the color of amber. Yes. And he put forth the form of an hand and took me by a lock of mine head. And the spirit lifted me up between the earth and the heaven and brought me in the visions of God to Jerusalem, to the door of the inner gate that looketh toward the north, where was the seat of the image of jealousy, which provoketh to jealousy. Mm. And behold, the glory of the of the God, well, that's a weird way to say it, the glory of the God of Israel was there according to the vision that I saw in the plain. So he, he has he has enough history behind him of mm-hmm. interacting with God that I, I think I think the terminology that Ezekiel uses here is just mm. so intriguing. Mm-hmm. The hand of the Lord came upon me, it grabbed me by the locks of my head. Mm-hmm. It lifted me up. Another translation says that the wind carried me, which points ahead to an experience that Ezekiel will have later in his life <laughs> when, oh, when he man. is carried by the Spirit mm-hmm. into a valley full of bones that mm-hmm. are very dry, etc. Okay? Yep. Yep. So one thing I want you to notice out of this is that it's full of similes. It's, it's like when you're having an encounter with God on this dimension, it's very hard to put it into words. Right. So it was like the glory of God yep. coming to me was like. How do you describe what the glory of God really is? Mm-hmm. If you felt it, you know. Yeah, yeah. put it into words, right? You know what mm. Ezekiel's trying to feel here yeah. and express. How, how do I put this down on parchment, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what this moment was like? And so when I saw him, it was like... He was on fire. Hmm. He was glowing. It was brilliant. 
and he came with the appearance of brightness from his loins upward. Now, the word brightness there does not just speak to the luminosity and the brilliance, that that, that shimmering awe right. of the glory of God. It is a transformative thing, okay? When Moses was in the glory of God atop the mountain, when he came back down from that mountain, his face shone mm-hmm. with such a brilliance that he had to veil, cover his face mm-hmm. so that, that the people could even look at him, mm-hmm. okay? This is a level beyond that. The word brightness here actually means... Can you pull it up? I see you got your... Or was, uh, you, was you pulling it up? You, you, you can fact check me. It, it actually means to warn. Hmm. So the glory of God that was coming to... To admonish. Is, yes. To warn. Yeah. Uh, to teach. There you go. Mm-hmm. So hmm. the glory of God is not something that just shows up to make you feel good yeah, and right. to have your hair stand on edge and have everybody. No. When you're in the moments of the glory of God and there is an intensity mm-hmm. to the brightness of his coming, your response at that moment is not mosh pit chest bumping, fist bumping, high-fiving mm-hmm. everybody else that's in that moment. There is a woe is me that mm-hmm. happens when you're in the glory of God. Yeah, Isaiah experienced such a dimension of the glory of God mm-hmm. that it shook the very foundations mm-hmm. of the house mm-hmm. were shaken, and the pillars began to move. And at that moment, Isaiah doesn't go, dude, do you know what I just experienced? It was the coolest <laughs> thing, man. You should have been in church tonight. No. It mm-hmm. makes you look at yourself and go, woe mm-hmm. is me. I find it very interesting that up until that moment, Isaiah is full of woe is this and woe is that right, and woe right. is this and woe exactly. is that mm-hmm. and woe is everybody else. But when you have an encounter with the glory of God, mm-hmm. it takes it from woe is everybody else to woe is me. Mm-hmm. Woe is me. So I think what you're trying to get at here is the glory shows up to teach, to admonish, to warn. Yes. And I think the intent behind it is for us to change our direction. Yes. We have to. So we are coming into a place that's intentionally placed a proper direction. We come in, ex- have the experience, and then it's on us to change our direction. Yes. And it has to come down to that level. It, right? You're absolutely right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to just keep keep your finger there in mm-hmm. that in that passage. Mm-hmm. Um, you actually, I, I didn't know you were doing this, but you referenced a... Um, comment from one of our listeners about A.J. Holloway. Yep. So I I don't know who who this Mm -hmm. preacher is. So Mm -hmm. when I read that, I jump on, start searching on YouTube. I found Mm -hmm. um, a podcast that he was uh, having with Apostolic Center Podcast. And he made a statement Mm -hmm. that really... Mm -hmm. Um, connected with me. This is what he said. 
he said that, that in his opinion, truth is masculine and mercy is feminine. And, and he mm. just he made wow. that statement and he just kept rolling. Mm. Man, yeah. I got hung up when he made that statement. Mm. So we understand that male and female are made in the image of God. Mm-hmm. Okay? We understand that it takes, from a biblical understanding, yep. it, it takes both masculine and feminine to accurately represent divine imagery. All right. You, you don't get a true composite of the attributes of God by just looking at the masculine. And you don't get it by just looking at the feminine. It takes both masculine and feminine. Mm-hmm. Okay? So I, I, I understand that. There's something about a man and a wife, mm-hmm. a husband and mm-hmm. a wife, that accurately depict this is what God looks like. Taking what he said, man, my mind immediately went to the book of Psalms, mm-hmm. where mercy, mm-hmm. feminine, mm-hmm. and truth... Mm-hmm. masculine, are met together. Righteousness, a derivative of truth, masculine, mm-hmm. peace, have kissed each other. Mm-hmm. So in order for the body of Christ to accurately represent the image of our Creator, we need both elements, truth and mercy. Mm-hmm. Correct. So a church that overemphasizes and a ministry that overemphasizes one or the other mm-hmm. distorts the equilibrium wow. and the holisticness wow. of the nature of God. Wow. Okay? Mm-hmm. So if you've got a church that just preaches mercy, 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 mercy until it's mercy me and it's it's a license to just... Mm-hmm. Do whatever you want to do. That is a very feminist church. Mm. It is a very temporal church. It is a church that is based on feelings. Mm. Okay? Mm. Easily offended. Easily. But if you take it to the other extreme, where you have a church that overemphasizes truth, mm-hmm. and bless God, I told them the truth. Now, they're, they're, they're laying dead in the street. Yeah. <laughs> But yep. bless God, I told him the truth. Yeah. You asked me, and I told you. Yeah. <clears throat> bless this church God. is clean. <laughs> yeah, it's also empty. <laughs> right? Yep. Then you have a feelingless, calloused mm-hmm. entity that does not accurately wow, that's a great perspective. Yeah. represent the, the, the image of Jesus Christ. Right. So mm-hmm. it takes a church that preaches both truth and mercy. Mm-hmm. Do you even need mercy if you don't preach truth? No. Right? But 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 yet if you're going to preach truth and you don't give mercy, is that even pretty hopeless situation there too? <laughs> who wants to be stuck in that existence? Okay? Mm-hmm. So what we're what we're going to be talking about today, I hope is a blend of both. Mm-hmm. Truth yeah. and mercy. That's right. And we need a generation that can take truth. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. We got a generation that is used to running by their feelings. Mm-hmm. And truth, to quote Brother Ben Shapiro, mm-hmm. what does he say? Facts don't care about your feelings. That's right. <laughs> he, 
He really kind of bears down on that. Um, in this discussion of direction and ideals mm -hmm. and the positioning of mm -hmm. the church, and now we're talking about an example where the glory of God is departing. Mm -hmm. We really don't care about your feelings at this moment. We need truth. Right. Right? Right. So going back to the text, we have a tabernacle that's oriented properly. Mm -hmm. We have instrumentation in it that's oriented properly. Mm -hmm. But we've got God... highlighting something wrong in this system. Mm -hmm. What's wrong? Mm -hmm. We've got all of the instruments. We've got the door facing the right way. So I think what's wrong is what you mentioned, um, Derek, a moment mm -hmm. ago in reading, mm -hmm. is there's an image of jealousy which provoketh to jealousy. And behold, the glory of the God of Israel was there. Mm. Where? Over yeah. the image. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just weird when you read it. Yeah. <laughs> so you have this emblem and image of idolatry that, that absolutely sparks jealousy in God. Mm -hmm. And then he says... Oh, and that's where the glory of God is. Yeah. Now, I've got, I've got a little news flash for you here. The glory of God is not supposed to be there. Yeah. The glory of God is supposed to be farther west In behind the than veil. this image <laughs> of jealousy yes. that is in the outer court. There it is, yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? The glory of God is supposed to be over the mercy seat. You, you see, see what's happening? This things are moving. This mm. well, and there is this separation mm -hmm. of truth and mercy. It's, it's exactly, and, and the glory of God is leaving. Now, I'm I'm I'm, I'm going to get a little bit ahead of myself right here, but but the apostolic movement needs to wake up to the direction that the glory is moving in. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, the glory of God's here, and it was in our service. No, but it's supposed to be in, 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 in the holiest of holies. Mm. And it's out here over top of an image of jealousy. The glory of God has a counterpart called mercy. And whenever it separates from that, it's to judge. Mm -hmm. And so he is over top, and the glory of God is now over top of the image of jealousy, which means to your point mm -hmm. earlier, mm -hmm. he's moving east. Mm -hmm. It's one thing when a man goes east. Yeah. It's quite another thing when God goes east. Oh, man. Yeah, and if you're the, if you're the Levite and you go in behind the veil and it's like, oh, wait, something's not here anymore, that's got to be a great feeling. Bro. <laughs> Bro. He goes on in verse 5, Son of man, lift up your eyes towards the north. So yep. I lifted towards the north. Yeah, and north behold, gate. north at the gate uh, of the altar, this image of jealousy in the entry. So it's it's not, the image of jealousy was not set up in the holiest of holies. The image of jealousy was at the entry the by north. the altar. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
and the glory of God was there. Hmm. Go ahead, verse 6. And he said, uh, furthermore unto me, son of man, seest thou what they do, even the great abominations that the house of Israel committeth here. Okay, now that, that's quite a statement. Mm-hmm. They are committing these mm-hmm. abominable acts. They're not just committing them, they're committing them here. Mm-hmm. Here. Read. That I should... Sorry, my phone was going off there. That I should go far off from my sanctuary, but turn thee yet again, and thou shalt see greater abominations. Bro. So that lets you know right there that when Ezekiel saw this, mm. Ezekiel's going, something's not right. The glory's leaving. Oh, yeah, he was picking it up. The, the, mm. the, 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 this is, the direction is wrong. Mm-hmm. The direction is wrong. The glory of God should be farther west than what it is. Mm. And so God's saying, you want to know why I'm moving out? Do you want to know why I'm leaving? Let me show you why I'm leaving. Mm. Okay. And he brought me to the door of the court? Yes. And when I looked... Now, I want to tell you, before you read this, I want our audience to know, there's, there's passages of Scripture that really freak me out. Mm. And this is one of them. Yeah, we're mm. there. This is one of them. In my, in my Bible reading, when I read through the Bible year after year, when I get to this passage of Scripture, it's always one that causes me consternation. Mm-hmm. And it always causes me to go through a season of reflection and inner mm-hmm. examination. Mm-hmm. Okay? He took him to the door of the court. And to, when I looked, yeah. behold, a hole in the wall. Ah. Then said he unto me, son of man, dig now in the wall. And when I had digged in the wall, behold, a door. Yes. And he said unto me, go in and behold the wicked abominations that they do here. So I went in and saw and behold every form of creeping things and abominable beasts and all the idols of the house of Israel portrayed upon the wall round about it. And there stood before them 70 men of the ancients of the house of Israel. And in the midst of them stood Jezaniah, the son of Shaphan, with every man his censer in his hand, and a thick cloud of incense went up. Okay, hold that for me, because there's a lot to unpack out of this. So don't forget, number one, that when God comes to him, to Ezekiel, he is literally... Now, what we've been reading is figurative. It's vision. Yeah. But literally, he is sitting mm-hmm. in the presence of these 70 elders. Mm-hmm. Literally. Verse 1 says, and as I sat with the elders of Judah. Mm-hmm. And then it's like God is showing him mm-hmm. behind mm-hmm. the veil of what he's dealing with here. Yeah, it's like augmented reality. Yes. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Did mm-hmm. you just say uh, AR? AR. Yeah, yeah. I was preaching uh, this weekend and mentioned AI. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like the city or? Yeah, like like Aiken. <laughs> and everybody thought I was talking about chat GBT. <laughs> so that's funny. AI. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Yeah. You have to say AI. Yeah. <laughs> so then I had this guy come up. He said, really, does it, is it spelled AI? I said, yeah, it is. It's AI. <laughs> so, man, the, the Word of God fits uh, everything. Chat GPT didn't it's, catch God off guard. Bless God. You want to hear about what the Bible says about AI? Just look it up. Phew. 
So it is. It's like an augmented reality. Oh, wow. Oh. Yeah. Oh, my oh, goodness. Oh, my. Come on. Goodness. That's what you listen to Keenan speak for right there. Those moments. Oh, it is. Mm. Those, those little elbows in of divine inspiration. Uh, we're off the topics right now, so let's just... Whenever I read Ezekiel, and I don't see the things that you see naturally, but um, I always wonder if some of the stuff where it's flying locusts and all of these weird things, I wonder if he saw modern pictures. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that, that becomes very much part of the discussion when you get to John. Yes. Yeah. Even revelation. Yeah. What do you think about that producer, Andy? Like how, how does Ezekiel describe a helicopter? House. Oh, it is my wheelhouse. It's like my wheel. Do you read Ezekiel? The wheels within the wheels. Just going there. Okay. Do you read the, do you read the, I try, I try version. I try not to read too, too much. I find it just weighs me down. I can only take, <laughs> I can only take like one verse at a time. You do the picture thing? Do you do the picture Bible? Is that what you do? <laughs> and my wagon just, I chew on that. What is the new translation that's out now that everybody's kind of gaga over passion something or other? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. The message is good for me. Yeah, I bet you. <laughs> do you ever get it? Hmm? No. Yeah. I get, he just answered the question. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, just, I don't get the message, I, man. I just read it. I get my wife to read it to me. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. That's nice. We sit there and she reads it. Sounds to like me, an so. amazing time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. I'm just, I was telling Pastor Miguel this before the session. Like, Ezekiel is just a fantastic book, one that I get so much inspiration from. And then once you get through Ezekiel, you land in Daniel. And oh, it just it, yes. it just goes uphill from there. It's yes. just I it's a it. long trek to Matthew. <laughs> it's a long trek. <laughs> just keep your head down. I love it. <laughs> just keep your head down, man. <laughs> uh, let's go back to the book of Jeremiah for a break every once in a while. That's bad too. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah, I hear you. So he's he's trying to explain to Ezekiel while I, why why I'm leaving. I'm, I'm leaving. Yeah. And, and, and the reason I'm leaving is if you dig through that wall, you're going to see. And as he digs through the hole in the wall, there's a door, which mm-hmm. is all about access. Mm-hmm. And once he looks in there, the elders, hmm. the elders are in there performing every abominable act, every. Hmm. Now, you got to ask yourself, what does not fit within the bookends Eek. of all and every? <laughs> Okay. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to come back to this in a moment, but I, th- this is what I really want to highlight out of this. When you go later in, in, in Ezekiel eight, mm-hmm. drop down to verse um, sixteen, and he brought me into the inner court of the Lord's house, mm-hmm. and behold, at the door of the temple of the Lord, between the porch and the altar, mm-hmm. were about five and twenty men. Yes, with their backs toward the temple of the Lord. Okay. With their backs, they're in the inner court. Wow. But mm-hmm. their backs are towards the, the temple. Interesting. Now, now read on. And their faces toward the east. Oh. Well, that seems to be like the polar opposite of where and we're supposed to be looking, gentlemen. Lead, yeah. Right? And they worshiped the it sun. Get, it does not get better. Toward the east. Toward the east. Here's the problem, and this is why the glory of God is leaving. They're in a system that's oriented properly. 
Mm. But they aren't oriented properly. Boom. Listen to that. Wow. Mm. So you can be in a system Mm. that is set up to pull you from east to west, from away from God to God. Mm-hmm. And you can be in a system, a redemptive system, and we know that system is called the church. Okay, You can be in a church that's oriented properly, and you can be disoriented. There is fewer things more dangerous than men that are in a system that's oriented properly, but they have become disoriented. Wow. Wow. This back-to-backs. Wow. Hmm. And they're still worshiping. Yes. worshiping the wrong thing. They're worshiping the wrong thing. But they think because they're in the temple, it's okay. Hmm. And they think that the position... So that's where position is is crazy. Okay, if if, if you make it all about position, then you can have two people going... And this is very hard to illustrate for our podcast listeners, but if you literally have two people standing side by side, but one is facing one direction, one is facing the other, Mm -hmm. you can only celebrate that they are in the same position for a split second. Mm -hmm. Direction separates them the first time they take a step. Mm -hmm. So this, this reinforces the biblical narrative that two cannot walk together, except they be agreed. Mm -hmm. Position is not what determines fellowship. Direction is what determines fellowship. Yes. That's so good. Which is why yeah. you yeah. can fellowship with someone that's not on the same position as you are on everything. Well, but they're going the same direction. Whoa. 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 Full stop. Think about that. Full stop. That makes a great case. Great yeah. case. Right? We're going the same direction. But somebody could be in the same position heading the wrong way, and you should suffer. Absolutely. Which comes back to why yeah. you've got to get beyond the fact that, oh, the glory of God's here. Well, yay, good for you. Which way is he going? Yeah. I mean, you literally, <laughs> yeah. I've been there. I am yeah. not fabricating this. I'm not, I have preached in places, and there's been men that have been with me. Okay? I remember preaching mm-hmm. in a particular, this is years ago, years ago, as a young man, and I preached something that I knew was very, very similar mm. to what we're reading in this passage. <clears throat> very similar to what we're reading. It was God judging. It was, and the response was exuberant worship and dancing and shouting. And when I stepped outside, one of the men that was with me said, what is going on in there? And I said, they don't know it, but the glory is leaving. Mm. The glory is leaving. The, it's there, but it's not where it used to be. Okay. We need to understand that, it's, that it's, it's not just important that the glory of God is experienced at church, but it's important that you know whether it's coming or whether it's going. And reading the direction. And read the direction. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's like, it's like being in a shareholder meeting, and they sit you down and they say, hey, everything is great. We have a million dollars in the bank. You know, everyone's happy. And when you look at the snapshot in time, you're like, oh, this is pretty good. But if they were to show you Three months earlier in the previous quarter, they had $10 million yeah, in the exactly bank. exactly right. 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 <laughs> right. If you're a $500,000 company, that's great. Oh, yeah. If you were a $30 million company, yeah, that's dismal. It's problems. Right. 
galore because so we're going the wrong way. The point in this mm-hmm. is you don't want to be facing east in a system going west. Totally, totally, totally. Yeah. The glory will not stay in that. In, in the, the, the overall orientation can be right. The instrumentation can be right. But the moment the men in it get disoriented, God goes, I'm out. I'm well, out. and don't, don't you think if the men don't change their direction, then God changes his? Yes. Right? Absolutely. So you got, what is it, 5 and 20 who are pointing the wrong way, and God's like, well, if you're not going to turn around. I will. I think I'm going to head out. I'm going to head out now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it makes well, you wonder if they would have noticed him leaving. Because they're looking the way he's going. Yeah. But oh, they, man. Sometimes they don't, ever, they don't ever get it. No. And so when you're looking through the hole in the wall, mm-hmm. uh, how's our time? I, 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 we got to wrap up. we got to wrap up. Okay, let, let me wrap up in a hurry here then. When you're looking through the wall and you see every abominable thing going on in there. Yeah. Here's another reason why it was leaving. Mm-hmm. It was leaving because all of those men in there mm-hmm. had incense and the censers in their hand. Yep. That yep. is a sign of worship. Yep. Wow. Yeah. They're performing every kind and ilk of immorality, abomination, fornication, mm-hmm. adultery, sexual perversion. It's all there. Every bit of it. Yeah. But they think because they have a censer in their hand. And they think because there's incense rising that they are okay. So here's another reason why the glory of God leaves. The glory of God leaves because when you think that incense will cover sin Mm. and immorality, Mm -hmm. you're missing it by a million miles. Mm. There are some things that incense was never intended to cover. It takes blood. Mm to cover sin. Mm -hmm. So when you adopt the idea that you can be idolatrous and you can be immoral and that your worship, thick incense is what it says, a thick cloud of incense went up. They thought it covered all of their abominable actions. Mm -hmm. I'm just here to tell you, worship was never intended to cover sin. Repentance Mm -hmm. and the application of blood is what covers sin. When you're confused, you worship. When you're disappointed, you worship. When you're when you're struggling with offense, you worship. When yep. you're when you're disoriented, worship. Worship. But when you sin, mm-hmm. repent. Yeah. Repent. Two, two different things. It's two different approaches, man. <laughs> yeah. It's two different approaches. Well, I I just think of it in very practical terms of when we talked about repentance being we all know it's a change of direction. Yes. Well, you got to change your direction. Yes. You know what? We got too much for me to rush through here. <laughs> you think we need to do another episode? Uh, what would hurt? One more episode? What would hurt? Yeah. It's good stuff. Good stuff. So come back next week and we'll finish it up. But make sure when you go to church this week, you're oriented properly. Mm-hmm. Don't be facing the wrong direction in a church that's headed the right direction. Don't don't be that guy 
mm-hmm. that's looking the wrong way when God's leading you. Here's a dynamic, man, that I've seen repeatedly throughout my ministry. Whenever a church is ready and on the cusp of, of, of revival and people coming, there's always people that get disoriented that are in it mm-hmm. and walk the very direction mm-hmm. that other people are coming from. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't be that guy. Keep going west.